Well, thanks, everyone. It's really great to be back. Um, this is Bendigo. I've come from Melbourne. Uh, but this church is special for Wendy and I because um, uh, since 2016, uh, you've been partnering with us. And um, back in 2010, uh, my young family moved over to Southeast Asia um, uh, to spend time with Baptist Mission Australia uh, in our work there. Uh, back then, uh, we had three young kids. Uh, they're now not young. Uh, they're teenagers now. But um, I'd like to thank you uh, for continuing to support us uh, since we've made that transition back to Melbourne, uh, working in our uh, national office, uh, where my current role is, um, as Dave said, is uh, Director of Global Partnerships. What does that really mean? It means that I get to oversee all of the um, development work across our network uh, over our many teams across Asia and Africa. Uh, for those of us who have been travelling uh, with us or uh, watching from, uh, from here for, for a little while, you'll remember that um, Wendy was involved in a cafe um, in Southeast Asia and I was involved in, in some environmental work. And um, I'm glad to say that uh, all, both of those activities are still going. Uh, the cafe had a, a bit of a rough trot through the COVID period, and, um, but it, they're just in the, in, the, in the midst of actually relocating to a different site now that we're out of the, uh, or coming out of the COVID period, and it's going well. Uh, some of you will have actually had the opportunity to come and see our work, uh, so it's, uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with uh, those of you who uh, got to do that uh, later on. But of course, uh, Bendigo's partnership with Baptist Mission Australia goes way back before my time. Uh, you've, uh, you've sent people to be part of our work over, over many, many years. Uh, usually, I would be able to say in, in a church that, um, that Baptist Mission Australia is older than the church, but that's not the case here in Bendigo. Uh, our work started in the 1880s, uh, but uh, the, the roots of Bendigo Baptist go back further than that, I believe. It's great that you're actually partnering with us in our projects for this May Mission Month as well. So that's, uh, uh, I want to thank you uh, on behalf of the team at Baptist Mission Australia, our, our workers uh, and our staff uh, for your wonderful uh, partnership over such a long time. Let's pray as we uh, look at God's word together. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the privilege that it is uh, to be called into partnership with what you're doing in this world. Lord, we, uh, we're sorry that sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and think that uh, we need to ask you to join us. Lord, when we look at scripture, we know that that's not the case. We, we're privileged to be able to join with you in what you're doing. You're the one who is reconciling all things. And Lord, we pray that you help us to remind us. You remind us that we are joining with you. And we thank you again that that's such a privilege to be able to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take a quick look at, at a video now called Crossing the Street, which is our theme uh, for this May Mission Month. We see it all throughout Jesus' life on earth, don't we? The act of crossing the street, of stepping out, of building bridges, of meeting people right where they are, of coming into our world, Crossing the street to meet the Samaritan woman, the tax collector, the person with disability, the child, the woman who bled, the man with leprosy, you, me.
crossing the street to love people his culture said he shouldn't even talk to. Yes, it's countercultural, it's transformative, it's confronting. It's hope for you and for me. He'll cross the street for us too. We know it, he already has. It's hope for the whole world. Jesus came into the human neighborhood to show us what love with skin on looks like. He came to give us life with passion and purpose. He came as a servant and invites us to do the same. Jesus' life asks something of us, calls us to follow him. It's a gracious invitation, but it's confronting at the same time. Jesus calls us to cross the street, to step out of our comfort zones, in our own neighborhoods, and to the ends of the earth, to love people through our actions to go to them, not expecting them to come to us. To partner with God in sharing his stories in places where few have heard them. To suspend judgment and actually listen. To embody the good news. To live alongside. We see it in people like you in the daily, imperfect, busy lives of Australian believers. Choosing to follow Jesus, even when it's hard. Choosing to try again after mistakes. Crossing the street, sharing a meal, starting conversations, modeling God's love, meeting people where they are in your local neighborhoods. And we see it in our humble, passionate, spirit-led workers serving in communities all across the world. Here and there, we're on mission together. We're listeners, learners, alongsiders, givers, goers, prayers, followers of Jesus, street crosses. And it's only with your partnership that our Baptist Mission Australia workers can keep crossing streets and seeing people meet Jesus in ways that make sense to them. Join us, partner with us, and let's keep crossing more and more streets around the world together. Often when presenting, uh, in churches as I move around uh, uh, talking to gatherings like this one. Uh, inevitably, someone will actually say, oh, we should be doing some activities here like you're doing overseas. And I agree, you should, and I want to affirm that you are. I've seen some wonderful examples of local mission that you guys are up to here. I was really taken with your uh, vegetable growing uh, uh, initiative, which is great. Uh, as an environmentalist, I love that reaching out to the community in a way that we can show God's transforming love. The video, uh, Crossing the Street, shows this wonderful truth that we're all sent to participate in God's mission. Once we deal with the cultural and the language issues, 
What you guys do and what we do in an overseas context is not very different at all. So in crossing the street, we saw Liz, who's an intercultural worker in Thailand, uh, Jan, who's a supporter in Australia, and Danny, the university student. They're living in very different contexts, and they're in different stages of their life, but they're all followers of Jesus who are following him across the street, because that's how Jesus lived. He went out of his way to embody the good news and meet people where they were. We saw Liz doing this by building relationships with the market sellers uh, and with her tuk-tuk driver and with a friend getting her hands dirty on the family farm. Jan crosses the street in suburban Melbourne, listening and praying with her friend and then volunteering to teach English at the, uh, the local church. And Danny sees God's love through offering hospitality to his friend at uni and invites him into a welcoming group of friends. In ordinary but transformative ways, Liz in Thailand, Jan in the suburbs and Danny on a university campus are crossing the street with the hope of Jesus. They're all sent. It sounds easy, is it? Do you find it easy? I don't find it easy. There's always something else that gets in the way, always a different way to prioritise our time. And then when we do prioritise some time and have the energy, quite often, if you're like me, you'll end up doing things in your own strength and we get a little bit of ahead of ourselves and we forget that that's not all about us. Have you ever tried to do something and found yourself in some trouble when you're on your own? I want to tell you a bit of a story about uh, an experience I had about six weeks ago. Uh, I was visiting uh, one of our teams on the Silk Road. The Silk Road, a bit like Southeast Asia, is one of our code names for an area that we're not allowed to go as missionaries. Um, but it's somewhere between China and Europe and Russia in the north and Persia below that region. Some of you will know where I'm talking about. Um, when I was there, I, um, I like going cycling and um, it was rather cold. It was about uh, just below zero. There I am, um, uh, on, a, on a step, big plateau, surrounded by mountains, snow-covered. Um, so this was the day before I, I had this incident, that picture. Um, on the day concerned, I was with a, a friend who took that photo. Uh, his name's Ben, and uh, we decided that we're going to do about a 50-kilometre loop uh, around this uh, plateau. And his chain broke right at the start of the ride. And I thought, ah, oh, that's a pain. I really want to go and see the countryside. So I said to him, how about you tell me where to go and um, do a left, do a right. I'll get to the destination. It'll be, it'll be okay. So there I was on my own, below zero, no phone, no language, out there. It was fantastic. What could go wrong? I can tell you what goes wrong. <laughs> I'd been warned about wild dogs. <laughs> and uh, at one point along the road, uh, a dog came out on the road, and I had a split second to think, what do I do? So I thought, well, I'm pretty fit. We all think that we are. So I thought, I'll outgun this dog. So um, I knew pretty quickly, though, that that wasn't the right decision. Another dog jumped out on the road from the other side and I had a dog uh, about so high on each heel 
and I knew, and I wasn't outpacing it, um, and I knew that I was in a bit of trouble. I actually got a, shy, a slide showing my heart rate taken off my watch <laughs> at the time. Can you see where the dog incident was? <laughs> so, yeah, so above that line, uh, above that white line in the middle shows you about, that, that's where my exercise zone is supposed to be. Um, but where it peaked there, that's like heart attack stuff. You're not supposed to go there. Anyway, moving on. Um, I was riding along and the dogs were on my heel for about probably 500 metres, which, you know, when you're in that situation, it felt like forever. I was completely vulnerable. I had no options and I was really quite terrified. It was wild. But God doesn't intend for us to go into mission by ourselves. There's the point. He doesn't intend for us to have that encounter like that. I want to take us to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 20. If you have your Bible um, or follow on the screen, John 20, verse 19. This is when Jesus is with his disciples following the resurrection and before his ascension. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when he saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Let's contemplate that again. As the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sends us with the Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're sent. But you're not left to your own devices like I was on the step uh, out there on the Silk Road. The Holy Spirit is promised to us. It was promised to Jesus, uh, we read in Matthew chapter 3. And we'll pick it up at verse 7. And this was his, John the Baptist's, message. After me comes the one more powerful than I. He's talking about Jesus here. The straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So Matthew, in this passage, is pointing out that the Holy Spirit that was given to Jesus is given to us. Jesus himself is recorded telling his disciples to expect the coming of the Spirit before he descends in Acts chapter 1. Let's read that, Acts chapter 1 verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And dropping down to verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we are his witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, with the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives us power. What else does the Holy Spirit do for us? I've only got another 10 minutes. I can't go through in too much detail. But let's take a really sketchy surface level look. And I encourage you to look a bit deeper later on. John chapter 14 verse 26. Jesus tells his disciples, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said. So he helps us. He teaches us, reminds us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us of the gifts of the Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them, it says in 1 Corinthians 12. Now to each of you, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Next slide. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. 1 Corinthians 2 tells us of the transformation, transformative nature of the Spirit, making us more Christ-like. The Spirit teaches all things, even the, steep, the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What, if, what we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. That's deep, isn't it? Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Let's look at uh, Galatians 5 from uh, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So there's a whole lot of stuff about the Holy Spirit that we've just gone through just now. And my incomplete list of what the Holy Spirit does for us includes power, helping, teaching, reminding, understanding, transforming. And we get the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. Did you notice uh, at the end of that reading in Galatians 5 there, uh, it says that uh, we are to do something. We're to keep in step with the Spirit. So whilst gifted to us, there's something that relies on us for the Holy Spirit to work. We're to keep in step with the Spirit. I don't believe that we have to invite the Spirit to join us. I think it's actually the reverse. 
my understanding of Scripture is that the Spirit is here dwelling with those of us who follow Jesus in the here and now. God invites us to partner with him. But there is something we've got to do. We need to keep in step with the Spirit. We need to pray for a greater leading of the Spirit. And that's the way that we avoid doing things by ourselves. When I woke up this morning, uh, thinking about uh, this morning um, and what I was going to say here, I had a, uh, a Sunday school tune that I would have learned in the 1980s. Who was around in the 1980s? Yeah, a few hands. Uh, there was a song that we used to sing called, uh, should I sing it, Wendy? Maybe I shouldn't. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Anyone remember the tune that goes with that? I won't try and sing it. I was uh, reading it this morning. It's recorded in, uh, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Uh, and I was really struck by what it says in the verse before the song or the, the scripture. It says uh, in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, Therefore I remind you, and this is uh, Paul talking to Timothy, Timothy, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Stir up the spirit. Keep in step. Stir it up. Uh, I then this morning had a look at a different, uh, a couple of other translations, and it says, for this reason I remind you to fan the flame of the gift of God. What happens when we fan a flame? Fire gets bigger. It's magnified. Uh, as we entered into worship this morning over at Eagle Hawk, Andy reminded us to, uh, uh, that uh, in worship and uh, in our walk, we want to see less of us and more of him. More of the spirit that flows through us, not just us. It's not just us. So we're all sent into mission like Jesus. It's not easy and it's not something to be done on our own, but with the power, equipping and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let's keep in step with the spirit. Stir it up. Fan it. And be willing to cross the street. A colleague uh, in my office sent round a, a quote. Uh, he often does this. He's a missiologist and um, he likes sending little gems of missiology uh, around on a Monday. He calls it Monday Missiology. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, he sent this quote, um, which is uh, by a, a theologian. You have to excuse deep diving into theology, but um, I, I hope you can grasp this. Um, this is... Uh, by uh, Amos Young, and he says, Christian hospitality is empowered by the spirit of the hospitable God. We have been graciously invited to participate in this divine hospitality and given many gifts, many tongues, and many practices through which to meet, interact with, and perhaps bless religious others. Along the way, the spirit of hospitality will transform us precisely through the interreligious encounter into the image of Jesus even as we hope and pray to the point of daring to believe that as guests and hosts, we can also be instruments of the hospitable God for the reconcili reconciliation, healing and redemption of the world. It took me some time to unpack that in my mind. 
we don't have time to do it now, but except to say, well, isn't that an amazing privilege that God invites you and I into accomplishing what he's actually doing in the world? That's amazing. That's a, a privilege beyond words. I had an experience of um, uh, some years ago now of being directed towards somebody in a congregation, not dissimilar to this one, and the Holy Spirit, I believe, said to me uh, that this young man is going to follow your footsteps into Indonesia. Uh, and the young man was, uh, you may have met him, his name's a uh, Ando, and uh, we're going to uh, hear uh, a video from him now. You're going to have to listen really carefully because the audio is really bad. I apologise in advance. Listen carefully. Uh, this is Ando and Kate, uh, who many of you will know. Um, and they're giving a, a greeting specifically for you uh, from Southeast Asia. Everyone at BBC, uh, this is Kate and Ando, Ando and uh, coming to you from Southeast Asia. Kate and I would like to share a little bit about what's been going on mm -hmm. uh, here in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. um, so, Kate, you've been you've been here a few weeks now. Uh, yeah, how's it all going? How are you settling in? Yeah, it's been, it's been a good time. Uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind because it's been a busy time of year here in Southeast Asia. Um, but yeah, it's been really nice to get to know heaps of people that mm -hmm. I've only ever met on Zoom mm -hmm. um, and get to meet them in person. So it's been really lovely. Yeah, yeah. Awesome to hear. Yeah. And Ando, you've been here for about a year now. So how, how have things been going for you? Yeah, about one year. I came back here last uh, late March, early April. Mm -hmm. First few months were challenging just adjusting to the different uh, rhythms and the different patterns of life with the pandemic but fortunately in the second half of the year yeah it really felt like I was able to find my feet reconnect with a lot of people um, I've been spending a lot of time doing language and culture both in the national language and the regional language um, and particularly at yeah, this last couple of months have been really enjoyable just connecting with a lot of people I moved house recently so settling into a new place um, and it's also great to have a lot of our team back on the ground including yourself Kate yeah. you yeah you've been here a few weeks um, now just yeah what I'm wondering what what's what might the next uh, few weeks and months look like for you yeah so I suppose as everyone is watching this um, I will be starting to do some language sessions for mm. probably about 20 hours a week um, and yeah really getting to know the local uh, language and culture in this place mm. um, so yeah so that's probably really the main thing over the coming months is yeah really settling in um, and yeah, really continuing to build on my language stuff um, before I hopefully end up working later on in the year. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. And how about for yourself, Ando? What's the next few months look like for you? Yeah, um, probably something similar for me. Um, over these yeah last seven or eight months, I've been spending a lot of time in the regional language here in this part of Southeast Asia where we're living. Uh, I've really enjoyed that. I've enjoyed the challenge. I've enjoyed the, the new doors that I felt this has opened up. So these coming months, I see myself continuing to invest time in this, um, as well as yeah, really spending time discerning um, future direction, which is something I've also spent time over these, uh, yeah, the, the back half of last year and also these early months of this year. So really, yeah, trying to seek wisdom as, the, as to uh, where, where the Father might be leading me uh, in, in the years to come. But yeah, like you, Kate, spending a lot of time in language and culture mm -hmm. uh, and just, yeah, hoping to continue to build relationships and, yeah, probably a little bit of coaching along the way, which is something I enjoy doing here. Mm, thanks to everyone at BBC for, uh, yeah, partnering with both of us. 
um, yeah, really appreciate um, yeah, your heart and passion mm. um, for the people here and that, yeah, we couldn't be on this journey without you. I'm so appreciative that, um, yeah, you're on this journey with both of us. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Kate. We are, that's something I've really, I guess, grown in my appreciation of over this last year that uh, being here is a, is a wonderful, is an incredible privilege, uh, but it's something we don't do, we cannot do by ourselves and we don't do alone. Uh, the work that we're seeking to be a part of here is impossible without your support, and your prayers, your love and your care, uh, which we've both felt. So we are, yeah, truly thankful, not just from Kate and myself, but also from behalf of our team and the way that BBC has faithfully supported work here in Southeast Asia for many years. So we are, yeah, we're, we're truly thankful. Yeah, great that, um, that you guys have been able to partner with Ando and Kate uh, serving over there in Southeast Asia. Um, there might be some of you uh, for whom crossing the street is a local affair, uh, but there might be others for whom uh, you're feeling uh, the Holy Spirit convicting you that uh, maybe you'd like to serve or maybe, the, maybe God has actually set you apart uh, for working in a different culture like Ando and Kate are doing. Uh, if you're wondering about discerning something like that, make sure you come and talk to Wendy or I uh, after the service and we can connect with you. We'd love to be able to do that. Um, but thank you again for the partnership uh, that you have with those two young people. It's vital, vitally important. Um, and they, uh, they acknowledge uh, that it's you uh, that are working with them uh, rather than by themselves. And um, I want to encourage you that um, when you talk about a partnership with Baptist Mission Australia, that you don't think that it's outsourcing your responsibility for mission. It's your, your responsibility here in Bendigo. And it's also your responsibility in a global sense as well. So thank you for getting behind us in this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the privilege it is that just as you sent your son Jesus, you have sent us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we just pray that you keep reminding us to fan the flame of the Spirit. Stir it up. Help us to keep in step with the Spirit. Because without that, we fall into doing things in our own strength, and that's not what you want. So, Father, we thank you that uh, we are instruments of your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.